All right. Amen. Thank you so much, Mr. Woods. We work together in the school, so we call each other Mr. all the time. And my kids are like, why are you calling him Mr.? We just, Mr. Woods, thank you. <laughs> Some of y'all was probably like, uh, why are you being so proper? <laughs> but to you all, how are y'all doing? Good? All right. Well, uh, my name is Chris Britton. I get the opportunity to be on the teaching team here at the house, and it is always an extreme pleasure to um, uh, just prepare a message and uh, the process uh, that we go through uh, as we, uh, Pastor Jen and Greg and I, kind of chop it up, talk amongst uh, each other through text and whatnot as we, as we prepare. Uh, but it's always a blessing for me to, to be able to come before you and share. Uh, last night, uh, Greg had sent me a picture of the first sermon that I did here at the house, and I was like, man, who is that guy? <laughs> it was quite a long time ago, but uh, I told Greg, like, this, this message is kind of special to me because we talk about peace, uh, and even when he sent me this picture, I didn't tell him this, but I was like, I probably wasn't experiencing that much peace when I did that first, <laughs> first message, and it was probably a, a, a I mean, it, it was a, a, a process that I went through in a meeting with Greg and our friendship developing and, and deepening uh, where I remember sitting at one of our favorite spots we used to meet at, Quasity Pancake House. And he just said, man, what kind of teacher do you want to be, man? Just find peace and do that. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to be rapping and doing poetry and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, well, good. Uh, so it is my pleasure to be at peace amongst you this morning and uh, to be able to be myself, to be with... Uh, uh, my family here at church to talk about Jesus. Uh, amen? Yeah, amen? I'm going to kick things off with a poem. And uh, if you've been here for uh, a couple of Christmases, you might have heard this one, but tis the season. <laughs> Behold, a baby boy born in Bethlehem, a bundled blessing, wrapped in redemption, but without the most beautiful beginning. God foretold of a king, for it was no fable, even despite the world raising Cain, our one true God was able to make himself known through one young girl visited by angelic appearance, Gabriel, announcing God's favor. Mary would be chosen as vessel, giving her faith something to wrestle with. Then there's Joseph. There's Joseph, her faithful companion with one pressing problem, he was put in a predicament that's hard to picture. He, too, given angelic news with clues that Mary's pregnancy was more than probable, but he wasn't involved in the one thing that would make it all possible. <laughs> See, there were obstacles like what seemed to be a senseless census, but they didn't stop. They moved forward, 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 moving, marching, making footprints with their faith. There wasn't a place to check in, but one in, and then God would bring self through virgin womb, bursting into human history. This baby would live a life that would sing a song called peace. This baby would grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This baby would be beaten and blameless and hung. Our one sacrificial lamb, Jesus, who knew that Mary would be, be the first to carry peace in her womb. Amen? Amen. See, it's the second week of our Advent series, and 
Um, Greg kicked it off last week. If you don't know, Advent is a time of expectation. It's a time of waiting. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of, of, of celebration of the birth of Jesus. And I want to share a message this morning about peace. And I believe that we can all have a better understanding of how we can live a life experience, the peace of God, by looking at, you know, the Christmas story that we kind of know about. Um, but let me start by asking, what does peace look like? What does peace look like to you? Uh, a few years ago, my family got an opportunity to do something that, you know, I had to tell my kids, like, I don't know if we're ever going to do this again, so we better soak this up. But we went on the Disney Dream Cruise. And I promise y'all, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell y'all no timeshares or nothing like that, but let me tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> it's not going to be one of those meetings. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But I remember one of my wife's favorite things to do was to wake up way too early for me and to go out on like the deck. And I remember one time, I'm like, what are you doing getting up so early? We're supposed to be resting. You know what I mean? But she would go out and she would just soak in the, uh, the sunrise on the ocean, which is calm. And it had this like the, the rosy colors would bounce off of the, all the things that you would imagine that are beautiful. That's what it looked like. I did it one time, and then I was like, oh, that was, that was nice, but I'm not going to do this every day. <laughs> but for her, the peace and the tranquility was worth her getting up early. I can't tell you how many uh, pictures she took of that. I'm like, they look the same, and we get it. But for her, it was the perfect picture of peace. But I think we've been tricked. Because we can't have that all the time, <laughs> right? And we get this, this picture of, like, that's peace, man, but it's like something that we have to attain. Or when I tell my kids, we ain't doing this all the time, y'all. This might be the once in a lifetime, but sometimes that's how we picture peace. It's the weekend, or it's this break, or it's when we get time off, or it's vacation time. And y'all know vacation time. Sometimes that's not peaceful. <laughs> the picture that you look back at, that kind of gives you some calm, but... Going through it, sometimes it's not peaceful. So I think that uh, my hope this morning is to talk about peace in a way that uh, is a little bit more realistic for us. Uh, because, uh, you know, as, as I prepared uh, for the message and combed through uh, the passage that we'll read together, I, I believe that we hold that dreamy picture of peace, um, but we run the risk of, of something that we can hardly attain. And we're always waiting for that or something beautiful to happen so we can take an exhale and be like, oh, okay. But the true picture of peace, I believe, is much different than we aim for today because we work, work, work. Again, we wait for weekends uh, so we can experience peace. And uh, we outwardly want to appear like we got it, especially on Sunday morning. Simple question today was, how are you? Did anybody say, I'm peaceful and rested? If somebody did, you'd probably be mad, like, are you serious? It's Sunday morning. You know what it took for me to get here? And I got to put on this face? And you're trying to tell me that you got peace and you're rested? Because when we associate the words rest and, and peace together, it's usually when we're gone. But I feel like we got it twisted a little bit. Why can't we... Say that on a Sunday morning. Come on. I'm rested and I'm in peace. 
and I'm alive. <laughs> you hear me? I'm giving you permission this morning to be at peace. You don't have to put on a face here or the posture at the end and be like, everything's good. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. If peace, if you feel God's presence and you want rest and you fall asleep, amen. Experience peace this morning. Be free. Amen. Amen. Uh, Because I think that a lot of times, again, we get it. We get it twisted. A little over a year ago, I uh, was writing a series of poems that maybe never will see the light of day. But uh, when I'm kind of going through it or whatever, I, I like to write. It's probably no surprise. Um, some poems that maybe never will see the stage or never will see a mic. Until today, there's one of them that I'll share. But last year, you know, it was one of those times where there wasn't a lot of peace. And, you know, my family and I we was, we was going through some things, and I'm, I'm so excited again because... This time last year, it wasn't as peaceful, but I'm proud of, uh, of my family for working through and, 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 and getting a peaceful resolve through God. But this is a poem that I, I wrote around this time last year called Pit Stop. I'm so sad right now. My emotions are at high speed, zooming laps within my soul, heart racing, body breaking, trying to keep up with the speeds of need, the speed of me without a lane for help, but I do have friends. A crew that cheers is near and their prayers are fuel. They refill my emptiness as I steer towards another day. I hope and hope I can make it again to the pit stop called peace because I feel like there's so many more laps to come. I was not in a great place of peace. And it was hard to even think about it while doing the poem. But I believe that too often we, we search for peace and me in the wrong places. And I think there's a more accurate picture of what peace is like. Uh, we're going to be in Luke 1, 26 to 38. And um, if you are able, you can stand as we uh, honor God's word and we will read from Luke 1, 26 to 38. Very common story that we hear. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit, say that one more time, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born 
will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who, has called, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant. The Lord, let it be me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let us pray. God, please uh, meet us exactly where we are this morning. Use me to direct our hearts and minds this morning to your grace, your peace, your mercy. Help us to dig deep and find ourselves in your word. I pray we can understand more and more what your peace means for our future. Amen. Uh, there's an artist named Jack Dawson um, that painted a picture of peace. And uh, we're going to put that picture up. We can put the first picture up, please. Jack Dawson. This is more of an accurate uh, picture of peace, I believe. But Jack Dawson, uh, according to him, this is what most of our life feels like. Let's see if we got that. It's okay. But there's a picture that you'll see uh, with a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. That's a picture of peace right there. That's more what we would say. Yeah, okay, I, I, I feel you. Where are we going with this? Um, so Jack Dawson has this awesome painting. But if we uh, look in, we'll go to the next picture. One more. There's a bird with a nest tucked in there with, a, with the little, little birdies chilling. A picture of peace. There's a bird that happened to find this right place amongst everything else that's going on and live. And uh, I think that this is a little bit more, more accurate. Right in the middle of the picture, you see this bird. And uh, the bird flew there, knowing all that's going around, and uh, found safety during this storm. So my question is, again, I understand the sentiment, but why can't it be true for us, with all that's going on, to be rested and to have peace? What we learn from the scripture today is that real peace is when God allows us to be in situations with raging storms crashing all around us, but we are chilling because we know the one who created the water. We know the one who created the elements, and we trust God holding us in the palm of his hands because many of us um, will never find that peace because peace is there being nothing around you that's wrong. But God is the one that walks into situations that are all jacked up, and he provides a level of calm, a level of assurance, and a level of knowing. No matter what is going on around you, I want everybody in here to know that there is a God that is standing with you. And the passages this morning are about the posture of Mary and Joseph under an interesting amount of pressure, peace and pressure. Uh-oh, you know how the preachers like to put all the words to the alliteration. 
posture, pressure, peace. Your posture promotes peace when you're under pressure. You know, in all honesty, I think we would prefer the dream cruise oceanside view of Christianity. But there's a way that we can make sense, make this make sense. And this morning I pray that uh, we can see peace in a different way. Matthew 1, 20 through 21 in another part of the gospel says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, and this is Joseph, uh, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And the first thing is peace is in the presence of God. Peace is in the presence of God. I believe that if we had angels that appeared to tell us some crazy stuff like that, we would also be terrified. I love this scripture because they were scared. <laughs> and one of the first words that you hear is like, hey, hey shh, it's okay. I know this is crazy. <laughs> if I'm an angel, I'll be talking like that. Yo, 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 no, no, no. Put down the rocks and stuff. I'm real. The rock's going to go through me anyway. I'm an angel. You're good. All right? This is no CGI stuff. This is real. You're going to be okay. Be at peace. Don't be terrified. Peace is in the presence of God. I feel like those angels, they promoted this, this presence that calmed them into belief and that belief into an action that they could trust and an assurance and a protection as they went. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a modern-day picture uh, of Jesus I'm sorry, of Mary and Joseph. If you look at that today, there's kind of a modern depiction. Some of you may have seen that. But uh, if you look at it, you can see a guy on a payphone. And there's a whole bunch of different things around. If you were able to look at the picture, you would zoom in and see a lot of different um, uh, connections to the scriptures. Uh, Dave City Motel, no vacancy, and all this other stuff. But out there, trying to find a place, right? This young couple trying to find a place to lay their heads with a pregnant wife. And I don't have to say a lot about how that, you know, the humanity in this story, that it would be kind of a, a, this frightening experience as they're trying to find a peaceful place to rest. Well, I imagine that they felt a certain peace that would be unattainable just with themselves. The second thing I'd like to show you, tell you is that peace is in the process with God. Because we want the microwave peace. Like, we just want it to be gifted to us. Like, let me just wake up with peace. But sometimes there's a process because we want this instant. We don't like the process and we forget that Mary had to carry this child with her. And the scripture is sometimes easy because on one sentence, she's pregnant. The next sentence, baby's born. <laughs> what happened to the... <laughs> Morning sicknesses and all this other stuff. Like, what was her cravings? Joseph, go out there and, you know what I mean? We forget the humanness of the process, that the day to day, what was the conversations like? What was the expectations like? Was there some doubt sometimes? Just like, this is crazy. Like, this is really going to happen. We're going to really... Like, think about if you have kids, like your conversations about what's to come. You're marveling at every step along the way. 
but peace comes with the process. I bet there's times where she thought that there were, had to be a simpler way or she wanted to be like, this, this is too difficult. She went through it. And sometimes we too have to go through a process. I can't tell you what process you need to go through, but there may be some things that you need to go through to find peace in your life. And the third thing is peace is in the promises of God. You know, when I think of their story, I think of in times of doubt or anger or frustration in the whole situation, they remembered the angel. They were able to look back at a time where they experienced peace. Are there times that you can look back when you experience peace, as you can look back on a promise that God kept in your life, and maybe you're going through one of those storms right now, but you can recall that, and it can bring you peace. And be like, yeah, God did that before. I believe that he could do it again. And you can look at yourself in the mirror and say that we're we going to make it. We're going to find peace. I mean, Mary and Joseph felt a supernatural peace when God's promise came to pass. And let us remember there's a continuation of rhythms of this peace because we can fast forward to the mother Mary being an eyewitness to the, her son's death. Promises of God, the assurances of God. How could she find peace in these situations? And the big thing, my big message is it's kind of simple, but one of the most difficult things sometimes in the faith is that peace is a supernatural gift from God. Something that we can, uh, it's not a doorbuster gift that we can, you know, it's not an Amazon Prime deal that we can, like, let's go grab some peace real quick. I'm going to run down to uh, the store and grab some peace. I need it. It's this supernatural gift from God, I believe, where we can have a, a resolve that we know is not of us. So how will you pursue peace this season? You know, we won't find peace through turning up and hustling and bustling and wearing ourselves out during the holidays. Um, there's a book by a guy named Kevin DeYoung, and the book is called Crazy Busy, and he has a chapter about how sometimes we are our worst enemies when it comes to peace because we work and work and work the peace out of our lives by overdoing stuff. Let me read a, a quick couple sentences from this book. Opening our home to others is a wonderful gift and a neglected discipline in the church, but we easily forget the whole point of hospitality. Think of it this way. Good hospitality is making your home a hospital. The idea is that friends and family and the wounded and weary people come to your home and leave helped and refreshed. And yet, too often, hospitality is a nerve-wrecking experience for hosts and guests alike. Instead of setting our guests at ease, we set them on edge by telling them how bad the food will be and what a mess the house is and how sorry we are for the kids' behavior. We get worked up and crazy busy in all the wrong ways because we are more concerned about looking good than with doing good. So instead of encouraging those we host, they feel compelled 
to encourage us with constant reassurances that everything is just fine. I don't know about you, but uh, during this, this time of season, it's quite common for, for, for you know, a lot of activity to be going on. It's, it's, it's common for us sometimes to miss the point of what's going on, so I would encourage you to not just be crazy busy for the, fa- for the fact of being crazy busy, but focus on the question, how will you find peace? If we want practical peace, we can call upon God's spirit. We can pursue peace. We can practice peace. When we give our lives to Christ, our salvation gives us the peace with God. Our past sins are settled, and we abide in him, and that gives us a peace of God. Uh, Reading our words, sometimes staying connected with God and God's people, having connection with one another gives us peace. Even accountability in certain areas of your life can give you peace. These are all constructs of peace when we pursue peace from God. I'll never forget uh, years ago visiting uh, Canada and uh, sitting with uh, my wife's grandmother, uh, who has passed now. But at that time, uh, uh, her grandfather had passed. He had dementia and things of that nature. And I got a chance to sit with uh, Trisha's grandmother, and she just was telling stories. She was telling stories about him. And I felt like, you know, I felt like, you know what, I should just glean as much as I can about her story and write a poem uh, about this. And she wrote a poem. I wrote a poem from the notes that I took, but I'll never forget sharing, her sharing with me about how dementia had ruined him like so much, but when she would show up and sit with him, he was at peace. And this is what I had wrote in the final poem. Here's a, a certain chunk. Fred was 93 years young, staring into the mirror of eternity. And a bully named Dementia had dominated his days, so he was often beside himself. But if you dug deep inside his heart, you would find inside a wealth of memories. Memories his brain had forgotten, but because of his decline in health. But when she came to visit, he would recline and hide himself inside her heart, because that's where their love lived. When he knew nothing else, he knew her. Fred may have scratched his head about a lot of things. For answers, he'd find himself searching, but when he looked into her eyes, it was certain. Love had conquered all diagnosis. There wasn't a pill he could have swallowed that would have given him peace like her presence. And just to bring it to to my neighborhood, to bring it to our neighbors, to make this more practical, I remember... Again, about a year ago, Greg pulled up to my house and gave me a hug. That's all he said he wanted to do. And after he left, I stayed on my porch, and I felt a peace that I can't explain. And I felt, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I didn't believe it, but I felt, you, you okay? I remember sitting in the parking lot in spring 2020, and I was anxious. Um, all the question marks about a, a big career change, and it was a defining moment. Um, I was sitting right outside of the school district with final paperwork after 15 years serving in a great place, and I sat there, and I was going to drive off. There was something in me that was like, man, you're making the wrong decision. You shouldn't go through with this. And 
we had a trial of XM Radio. This isn't an advertisement at all. But it wasn't K this isn't a K-Love story, no shame. But a song came on in there. And uh, it said, what do you do when you're at a crossroad? What do you do when the world is on your shoulders? Keep the faith. Keep the hope. Find peace in God. I remember crying and feeling this peace come over me and walking out confidently, turning in this paperwork and going home saying, like, it's, it's fine. This is a good decision. What do you do when your back's against the wall? What do you do? You hold on. You keep your faith. I remember in college when I felt this supernatural peace that was not my own strength about ending a, a relationship that I wasn't good at that. I didn't, I'm not a, a confrontational person. Mm -hmm. I would have just been like, oh, things will work out. And I felt this peace about saying, you got to just end this. The picture of this beautiful ocean view isn't real. But it can kind of be more real if you imagine a plank. <laughs> All right? Imagine a plank. Imagine us stepping out into God's peace, plunging into peace, allowing God to fill us with a presence, a presence powerful enough to fill us to the brim and give us a buoyancy to give us hope that will keep us afloat and point us towards the proper place of peace fast enough and slow enough for us to take in all that's going on, but still just be comfortable enough to rest in his peace. What if that's a better picture? We're on a dream cruise, but there's a plank. Because <laughs> sometimes we got to jump in the waters of the unknown, and we got to trust that we know this picture is there, but we got to jump into this piece of God's presence and let it consume us so we can float to the top of this. We still got this view, but we still got some things that we got to go through. We still have a destination, and um, I think that's the dream. I think that's the real dream of God. How can... We navigate this now, stay afloat, and be at peace. And that's his presence. To close this sermon today, I want to honor somebody in our church, in our community, that has done a tremendous work um, and by bringing youth hope, no pun intended, um, for nearly 20 years. And um, I would love to, to celebrate that how God orchestrated Dave Hodge's life. And, uh, you know, he poured himself out for so many years in the community. And he's found peace in God's presence about making a, a big decision in um, switching uh, where he'll be serving, you know. And um, I'd like to just bring, bring you up. Look, I'm not going to tell a crazy story. <laughs> But uh, if you know Dave, you know that his heart is gold, and um, he's been a servant of the community for so many years. We've got so many different stories, and um, I think that it's, it's been an honor uh, that I had to, to work and serve alongside with him. But for, for the most part, even as Greg and I was talking about peace and this message, we think that it's, it's very proper um, just to honor Dave and the commitment that he's had to serving and him just feeling the peace of God uh, through a lot of different situations and circumstances in his life 
and this peace that he feels now with even moving on into stepping into a new role in the community. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been a long time. His story is every time we would go somewhere, we would always get introduced. And if I ever get introduced before Chris, I would share his testimony <laughs> before he got up there. So I'd be like, yeah, I kind of grew up. My brothers were <clears throat> kind of messing around with stuff, and I got involved, and... I would take his testimony because I'd heard it so many times. But, yeah, we would swap, um, swap stories. Testimony swap. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been great. I, you know, Youth Hope has been a huge part of my life. And uh, it, it, this, this recently for me, um, my life has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. Uh, getting married and then jumping in with two teenage girls and everything else. And, and life has just shifted. And um, I've never felt the peace of leaving Youth Hope because I just loved so much of being a part of that community and just loving uh, the students and, and just being a part of that ministry. Um, and I had a lot of opportunities throughout that time to possibly leave uh, over the years. And even recently, I had um, numerous opportunities of people saying, hey, you know, what about coming and doing this? What about coming to do that? And uh, it just never seemed right. But in the midst of that, um, just realizing that, you know, like there, there's like there was a conflict you know, like me trying to put my family first and then trying to put the ministry first. And I just knew, like deep down in my soul, that I just had to step away so I could put my family first and make that my priority right now. And, um, and, and, and as soon as I did that, I literally was in the in office this morning and that morning and just talking to my boss and saying, hey, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And he's like, well, what else did you do? And I'm like, I don't really know. And, um, and to go to lunch with my wife after that and told her, hey, I think I'm quitting my job. And, uh, and we, we called a friend of ours who, um, she'd asked me, like, what would I want to do? And I was like, man, I've always wanted to do life coaching or counseling. Um, I've been mentoring, doing all this stuff for all these years. But um, how do I find something more in that way that could be more um, in line with our family time? And so we called a friend of ours who's Dr. Nick Clevenger. And uh, she, we had met with her previously about her organization called Narratives that does just that as they provide uh, life coaching and mentoring to young adults, um, primarily at-risk young adults, um, but she's open. We work, she works with anyone who needs help. And uh, as we were talking, I was like, Annette, how do I get into this line of work? It's always been a dream of mine. And she goes, why? And I was like, I think it might be time for me to leave Youth Hope. And she's just like, I'll hire you. <laughs> she's like, I need you. And, um, and so I just started the conversation and this moved really quickly. And, and in that instant moment, after that lunch of just literally quitting your job and going, okay, God's providing something here in the midst of this. It's all okay. Like, God's got it. God is in control. And, um, and so I'll be moving on to Narratives. We're located right on 11th Street in Rock Island, right next to the McDonald's, um, in the parking lot of the Plasma Center. Um, so we'll be in the area still and just reaching out to young adults, anybody that needs it. Um, we have a huge just opportunity just to serve any, anybody um, right now. And it's... it's we'll, I'll, be talking more about it, I'm sure, and you'll hear more about it and stuff. But um, for Youth Hope to close that door, this Friday coming up, the 9th, December 9th, we're having an open house at Youth Hope in Moline. And um, it'll be kind of my final farewell, it'll be my last day. And um, so anybody would love to come and be a part of that and just come to the open house, the Christmas open house. Um, you know, it's just kind of a way for us to say thank you for being a part of our ministry. Um, if you have volunteers to support it or you have some interest of doing those things, just come hear about it. There'll be some, you know, treats and all that kind of stuff in a short program. So love you to come join me on my last day of work and uh, appreciate you guys so much and uh, just love this family. Um, as Greg said, you guys sang that song when church started. And um, I remember sitting 
in the planning meetings for the house to be launched uh, <laughs> years and years ago and uh, been great friends with Greg and Jen and Chris forever and just really appreciate you guys and value this community so much. All right, man. Well, we would love to lay hands on you and pray for you, if that's all right with you. Of course. <laughs> man, if, you've, if you've never been in ministry, and if you've, the, the idea of putting 20 years into a place and then oh, stepping man. out to do something else, he's going to be raising funds. And so uh, I would love for some of you to reach out to him about supporting him financially as well. And so we'll be praying about that, okay? Uh, and uh, Chris, will you, will you pray for him particularly? Absolutely, yeah. God, uh, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for Dave, his heart, his service. I thank you for his family. Thank you, God, for uh, Leah, Kim Wee, Sweetie. Um, what a blessing they are, God, uh, themselves to our community um, and, and the outer community as well. Uh, we thank you, God, for Dave and his heart um, of serving uh, your community for such a long time. And uh, we pray, God, that you will continue to give him peace as he moves forward. Uh, we understand that when, with transitions, everything is not easy peasy. <laughs> we pray, God, that um, this uh, spirit of peace will be upon him and his family as he continues to uh, say goodbye and say hello to um, this new opportunity. Uh, we do pray uh, and, and thank you, God. Uh, you know, anyone else in this, in our community that uh, might be experiencing something similar uh, with uh, today, as far as wanting a career change or a transition, we pray and lift them up as well. We know all stories don't work out um, like Dave's did, uh, but we do praise you, Lord, for the provision that you uh, provided for, for Dave, and we pray for those, God, that are in transitions in their lives and families as well. Uh, so we are just thankful, God, for you. Um, we are thank you, God, again, for the work that you've done in and through Dave Hodge. Um, bless the families and the students that he's worked with, Lord, and the seeds that he has planted throughout his time and years, and um, many of which that would blossom without him even understanding the tremendous amount of impact for years to come. Uh, we're thankful, and uh, we trust um, these next steps for him and his family. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Appreciate you guys. I don't know, but these two, they went to college together. Yeah. We went to high school together. <laughs> They've known each other for decades. So. A lot of yeah. years of relationship. Up here. A lot of years. A lot of years.